0: Not just a belief of mine it's a real knowing knowing that we can take what we love to do whether it's baking sewing painting whatever lights you up then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do as author of what should I be when I grow up now that I'm 40 50 60 discovering your core and also your gift is your niche it has been my life's work to help others just like you and me to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week, I will have deep, rich conversations with real-life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everybody. Oh, I'm so excited for you to be here today on this podcast, and so will you. Because I have the honor of talking to Cindy Seed, and she is just a really cool person. And you'll hear why in just a minute. I only talk to her briefly because one of the things I like to do is talk to people in a very brief way so that I don't get to know them totally well, so that the podcast is interesting to me also. So here we go. Cindy Seed, I'm so happy to have you, and I'm anxious to find out. A story about you when you were a little girl, because sometimes when we go back to storytelling, we can really see the person's personality today. So do you have a story for us, Cindy?
1: Oh, wow. I have to say... I could have up to three stories to share real quickly that really has over the years come back to me over and over again about who I am and how I live my life. So real quickly, the first one started when I was in the high chair. I am left-handed, but I am Chinese American and my parents, of course, wanted me to be right-handed. So every time she, you know, I'd get the spoon handed to me in my right hand. I'd switch it to the left hand. She'd switch it back to the right hand. (laughs) Finally, I was told. I threw the spoon at my mom. So so that was one that showed a little bit about who I am in being, you know, a person that really wants to try doing things on my own. The second one was in daycare. By the time I was four years old, I was put into daycare. And of course, your parents always come to pick you up. And one day, all the other kids got Picked up before me, and I was left standing in front of daycare all by myself. And I got lonely, and I was wondering, Oh my God, what happened to my mom? So, luckily, we only lived three blocks away. So, I decided, and I knew the route. So, I decided, I'm going home. So, I walked home all by myself at four years old. Luckily, didn't get run over or whatever. Anyway, I got home, but of course, can't get into the house. So I started screaming and yelling, you know, where's my mom and dad? Of course, they were on the way to pick me up. So luckily, my grandmother lives next door. And so she finally hears me screaming and let me in because I had to go pee. Right. (laughs) So. So anyway, so that was another one. And my parents were so devastated by the time. I mean, they were distraught. And now, of course, I can totally understand, you know, how they felt. So that again, just is another one. And the last one, I guess I'm thinking about is a little bit of when it's customary that, um, you go to American school and then you go to a Chinese school for the last two hours of every day, you know, for the first six years of your life or school. So because I had, I spoke only Chinese when I, uh, growing up and into kindergarten, I really didn't understand English all that proficiently at the time. So my parents thought that, well gee, we may we maybe we better not put Cindy into Chinese school in first grade because she'll get too confused. So I didn't start Chinese school until I was in the second or third grade, which put me Behind two years from other kids. So here oh. I went along and finally, sixth grade, all my friends are graduated and were free by the time we got into middle school. And here I'm left having getting stuck going to, to Chinese school every day. So I started playing hooky <laughs> to go out and play <laughs> with my friends. But Cindy wasn't too smart because I did that three days in a row. So finally, the principal calls and says, oh, is Cindy okay? Is she ill? We haven't seen her in school last few days. So then my mother goes, oh, I thought she's been in school every day. You know, she comes home and says, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My rear end was had that day when I got (laughs) home. She asked me, how was school? And I say, oh, it was great and all that. I never have lied to anyone since.
0: Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. What a good story. <laughs> and you know, Cindy, uh, really, you you must be just that independent today. And you remember that song that Frank Sinatra sang, I Did It My Way? that I mean, that song was probably written for you.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> really? I I do gravitate towards that song. I like it. <laughs> <well>. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this is the part that I just love to get into Cindy with everybody, especially you today, because I love your topic. And so I'm I'm just wondering, you know, what is your passion first of all and when and how did you find it? Because I know you're all about etiquette and not a lot of people are. So that's why it's so interesting to me.
1: It is interesting. Well, I got married in 1990 to a man that owns his own business. He was a graphic designer and illustrator of how to do it books. And by 1991, recession hit you know, our country and we had double digit in interest rates for housing and all of that. And I was working as an office administrator for a real estate investment firm that also did what they called 1030 tax deferred exchanges. Anyway, we were a small firm that only had 16 people, and with the downturn in the economy and changes in uh, real estate laws, the company had to reduce the staff. So from 16, suddenly it was only five. It was actually three partners, the CFO, and me. So they offered me to move into doing loan processing, which was not anything I had any interest in doing. So I went home and told my husband, oh geez, you know, people are losing their jobs. I know maybe I better take it and all that. And then he says, well, why don't you start your own business? Gee, I don't care what you do, just do anything. And that way actually we can go on vacations whenever we want. Oh, what a smart man. (laughs) Yeah, right, meaning him. (laughs) whatever he wanted. So, so anyway, it uh, got me thinking. And, and uh, so I did a whole bunch of informational interviews and, and all my girlfriends come out of the woodwork wanting me to go do Amway or new skin, mm-hmm. and all of that, none of it. Until I found a postcard that advertised children's etiquette by a woman in Los Angeles. And so I called her And had a lovely chat, and she turned me on to the Protocol School of Washington, where she had been a graduate. So I dialed them up. This is long before websites, and they sent me a brochure, and that's when the light bulb hit. I said, wow, this is really great. But along with the sheet describing children's etiquette was a sheet describing corporate and international business etiquette. So that really was the light bulb, because I don't have kids, and I was thinking that possibly, you know, I wouldn't know how to do it as well as the corporate and business etiquette. Oh. So I went through their training and established the company, and the first mission or, or goal was to help women and minorities gain the skills that would help them break through glass ceilings. Oh, Which, wonderful! you know, think about it. This is the early 1990s and here we are in the mid, you know, 2000s and we're still bad. Oh, that's there. right.
0: <clears throat> now, Cindy, you know, when you when you had that light bulb go off, how old were you at that time?
1: Oh, got it, 45.
0: See, I want everybody to hear that because I deal with so many millennials today and those poor kids are just suffering saying, oh my gosh, what should I be when I grow up? I'm just getting so panicked. I'm so nervous. What's my purpose? What's my passion? And there you are at that age, having, you had to go through all of those different things to know what you didn't want. And so when they, when you were one of the what lucky people that were they kept you knew that wasn't right for you you knew that just wasn't the right path or maybe your husband really knew that wasn't the right path and so to have a light bulb go off just hearing the word etiquette and worldwide and the fact that you wanted to take care of women to break through a glass ceiling is like years ahead of your time at that time don't you agree
1: it it was to the point when i shared it with my father he was astounded uh, astonished in that he says why would you want to give up a great job by then mm-hmm. yep. i had i had gotten another job as an office administrator to another real estate firm that well established i was supporting the uh, president and founder and the cfo and so forth why would you want to give up a good paying job to start something like that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's exactly how our parents were.
0: I mean, they would say those kinds of things. My dad worked Mm -hmm. at the post office for 50 years. And so imagine Mm -hmm. me coming along. All he would say to me constantly is, who are you? And why do you talk like that? Why are you thinking like that? It's because I've been an entrepreneur my whole Mm -hmm. life, like Mm you. You, Mm -hmm. You were an entrepreneur underneath all of that. So how did you because this really is the is the key for sure is learning how to make an income with that passion and with that purpose that you had. So how did you how did you learn to do that Cindy?
1: By taking a couple of courses and okay. constantly reading you know business books that really gave me the, I guess foundation by which I could scale and make the money. So first, in San Francisco, there's an organization called the Entrepreneurship Center. And many cities have similar programs where you can learn how to create business plans, financial and marketing plans. So I, I anyone starting a business, I highly recommend going through... S- You know something like that. I think the Small Business Administration even has them, or the very oh, there's a Women's Business Center here, and you know that are that's throughout the uh, nation. So, so first step is understanding and learning how to create a business and being able to scale it. So, so that was the start, understanding what it took. Mm -hmm. But I guess I lucked out. It was the beginning of the dot-com boom here in the San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley. So, I joined three main organizations as part of the networking, getting out there strategy. So, first, it's always your local chamber of commerce. And I also joined the National Association of Women Business Owners, Mm, yes, which is, Mm -hmm. I'm still a member today. The other one is the Asian Business League, and wanting to help As I said, women and minorities. So, about a year into being a member of the chamber, I looked out and getting a call from a woman who says, Hewlett Packard is looking for an etiquette trainer. I said, You sure it's etiquette? Well, they said it was a professional development trainer. So, that's fine. So, and would you like the lead to call them up? Of course, I did. So, I called them up and, uh, they told me that, yes, they're looking for someone that they want to hire on an annual basis to provide training for all of their incoming. Anyone new to the company as part oh, of their wow. onboarding process would go through my module as well as anyone moving into a position that met with the public would go through the module. And that they were having each candidate do a class as our you know entry or test whatever so i did it i have no idea if there really was another candidate or they were using it as an out that if they didn't like me they could say they're you know whatever but mm-hmm. i lucked out i i won the contract that lasted for 9 years straight. oh wow yeah until 2011 but meanwhile i mean that helped me use it and leverage it to other businesses so that it the message or the learning lesson is whatever you get to please use it to leverage on to other you know sales mm-hmm. so so that was it
0: i'm really loving this conversation aren't you but i want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper we all attended school at some time maybe you're attending school right now But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift Is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, Your Gift Is Your Niche. So now I created a course called YourGiftIsYourNiche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E. And in this very affordable life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I I don't even, I don't think I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up? Now that I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life that's you. So go to your N I C H E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. So so that ended in 2011, 10 years ago. And so in the meantime, I know you're writing books and, and doing all kinds of different things. So how does a person work with you today?
1: Oh, well, thank you for asking. Of course, the website is advancedetiquette.com. And on it, you'll find that there's even a free 30-minute consultation that you can have with me to ask me any question you have on business etiquette. And uh, we have a new book coming out this fall called Lead with Etiquette, How Top Business Professionals Master Crucial Skills to Accelerate Profits, Advance Careers, and Achieve Success. And you'll find some ongoing public and online courses. So Wow,
0: that's great, Cindy. So you took this contract that really was a very secure money flowing in, stepped out as a true solopreneur, and just started creating all this stuff to make an income with what it is you already know, correct?
1: Yes. Wow. Yes, that That is the key. It's always leveraging what you know and with your uh, theme of passion and purpose and so forth and profits, it, it is you know, going with what you know and mm-hmm. love.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. And people don't think they can make money or make an income, a nice living, doing what they love. And because it is, it's very few people that really understand the whole process and how to do it. But one thing I picked up on you, Cindy, that I just love is you, you would go get the information you needed to move forward. You would take a course, you would join an organization, but you were always moving forward with, with what it was that you loved to talk about, which is etiquette.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I love guess, that. I guess one of my beliefs is, that I did learn over the years, one of my mentors said, Cindy, you are a seminar junkie. <laughs> uh, or, or for her, she would say seminar groupie. And I, uh, being that I'm from San Francisco, I use the word junkie. But anyway, yeah. And, and one of them was that uh, the things that I learned was that once you decide to, to move forward, that uh, failure is not an option. We've heard that phrase before. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is never give up. Because mm-hmm. once you give up, then you've lost you know you've lost the game but mm-hmm. as you keep making the mistakes you learn from them and the fewer of them you'll make to eventually you are going to succeed
0: well you know i love the i love the new book coming out because i really do see you more as speaking to business professionals just like that book is talking about i don't i but i think this is lost out there i'm just asking you this question because this is what i see anyway with these new generations there's no etiquette at all. And so they don't know how to, They, they I don't even think they know what, you know, what that, that really has a meaning to it. What is your definition of etiquette for anybody out there listening?
1: Sure. Etiquette is all about how you make other people feel. Oh. So as with Maya Angelou, who said, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact words, but it's, you know, people are, are never offended by, people are offended, but maybe, geez, what is it? Okay, I think I do yeah, know yeah. it.
0: So I think it's, people will forget how, you know, <laughs> what you had on or who you were or yeah, where you or were what standing. What say and right. what you do. And then, they'll, but they'll never mm-hmm. forget how you made them feel. Made them
1: feel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to pull out. But so so that's part of it and it isn't about necessarily it's about respect it's about mm-hmm. consideration of others and lastly still being honest with yourself and the other person so that to me is is what etiquette is all about it's not about uh, memorizing a whole bunch of rules do's and don'ts but it is about that how you make the other person feel?
0: I'll be darned! That is not what I thought you were going to say at all. So I love that definition. Mm-hmm. I thought etiquette where it was all about manners and you know mm-hmm. how how to how to hold the door open for somebody. Well, it mm-hmm. probably is. It's how you made that person feel. You made them feel great because you held the door for them.
1: Yeah, it's the idea that first. Within this world, there are basically four words. Number one, protocol, which is the old-fashioned word developed through how you behave in courtly situations, diplomatic arenas, and so forth. That's standard throughout the world. That's why you use IT protocols, because it's uh, the same no matter what country or where you are. Okay. Second word is etiquette. And that is the guidelines from which you will show your appropriateness. So guidelines such as in China, you can slurp away your soup and it's expected and Mm. make all the noise you want to show how much you enjoy the food. However, in Western cultures, it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. So that's etiquette. It evolves through time and by culture. Next is manners. Those are the action items. So they enact all your etiquette and overriding the whole thing is the word civility that Mm. actually encompasses all that we do to interact with each other in society to get along.
0: Well, I love this. I have a whole new respect for the word etiquette. I really do. I'm just like lighting up here. And so, Cindy, I I just think you're a brilliant little girl. And I want you to tell the audience advice, because here's my biggest question all the time, all day long. It's usually from a woman. It's from a solopreneur. And they constantly are saying, "I, I seriously don't know what to do now. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I want to find my passion. I want to find my purpose, but I don't know how. And so I wonder what advice you'd give that person. That's a loaded question, I know.
1: Yeah. To the point, I'll just share a little bit of my process is that when I decided to start my own business, I started with, as I said, my informational interviews. I'm good. I learned to put everything down on paper. So right away, just dump your brain of anything you think about or what you want to do onto paper. If anything, what's important is to, as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you have the full power to design the rest of your life and how you want to live it and how you want to have your business function and thrive and make money. So yeah, if anything, I sat down and calendared everything out. If my calendar goes away, my brain goes mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. But my husband and I would calendar in our, our vacations every year. And, and the saying was, unless he or I got that single million dollar deal, we would never compromise the weeks we set out for vacation.
0: That's wonderful.
1: So, so that's it. Plan Number one, plan everything. Two, put put everything down on paper. Um Three, I guess, is continuing to, to develop a daily, weekly, and monthly work schedule. So if you're, I'm an early person, so I'm always up by uh, five or six in the morning. But I also recognize I have to have eight hours sleep, right, for our, my own physical and body. So I have to be in bed by nine or ten at night. So stick to that. And during the day, I have to say that my husband has dementia, early Alzheimer's. So he ha- has to maintain a daily schedule. So in between my workday, which I am bound and dutyful full to do- put in my eight hours, I have to cook breakfast. I have to give morning meds, lunch, afternoon meds, give him exercise during the day. So again, it's all about calorie calendaring the time and in between work. So so if anything, uh, you are the, the architect or the leader of yourself and be willing to accept everything that happens. So, I mean, take ownership. So I have to realize because of this, I may not make as much progress as uh, Jane next door, who started her business the same day as I did, but Yet she's, you know, achieving leaps and bounds. And I'm not because I've chosen to have a more balanced lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So not only, you know, that includes my husband, but all my years, I only work five and a half days, Monday through Saturday noon. I do not work Saturday afternoon through Sunday. That's just wonderful. the way it's been. And so if I don't, you know, something's got to give, right? But I'm, I'm balancing having friends, having, you know, other activities. Vacations. You know, it, it
0: is such a wonderful thing to hear from you because that is, if there's anything that I would say is the bottom line of life is because I did it wrong. I, I designed a business and then my, I just started living my lifestyle around this business. Now I design my lifestyle and I create my business around it and that's exactly what you do, Cindy. But I, I think it takes I think it takes aging maybe or or maybe coming into your own. I don't know because I didn't feel like this when I was in my twenties, did you? Did you always know it was about the lifestyle?
1: Oh, in my twenties, I mean I was expected to be married and have kids. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and stay home with a little apron on. Mm -hmm. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my heart goes out to you because that's a huge job, taking care of your husband. But uh, I can feel the love that you have for him, and and I'm, I'm glad he has you. I'm glad you have him. I can't wait to tell you the golden nuggets that I just got out of our conversation I say to people all the time, I try to get at least three out of each conversation, but I got 13 out of you. And uh, I know I was writing like crazy because you're just a brilliant girl. And and so, Cindy, let's tell them again where they can get in touch with you, because maybe there's even somebody on here that's going through the same thing with a husband or a wife that has Alzheimer's, and maybe they want to have a conversation with you about that.
1: Oh, my pleasure honestly i am an open book i am happy to share and any anything with anyone because that's what life is all about we learn from each other yes so very it's much it's not only business if they want to call about that but happy to spend a little time with anyone so it is advancedetiquette.com yeah that's why right. don't
0: you spell etiquette because i oh, think it's a hard word
1: you're right so it's Advanced is a d v a n c e d e t i q u e t t e dot com. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. Yeah, that is kind of a tough one. I think it's, <laughs> I bet it's probably one of the most misspelled words on the planet. But I lo- I love that the name of your website. So here are my golden nuggets for you, Cindy. Number one, don't try to change a person's natural ability. <laughs> that's the one because she might throw a spoon at you. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> have a larger purpose in your life. And I, I really I, I really have to say that to myself all the time because I don't want to just be here to take care of myself and get a loaf of bread and give it to my husband. I, I want to be here and with a purpose like you. Number three, pay attention to your own personality. And that I think you, you really nailed that. At a very, very young age, Cindy. Number four, learn what you need to learn to to do what you love. You have to make a profit doing what you love, especially if you're a solopreneur, but you have to learn the tools. And that's one thing you also nailed, Cindy. Number five, join organizations that help you on your path. And I'm a member of NABO also. I happened to be the president at one time. And, and I just loved that organization because we yeah. were all like-minded people. I also love Cindy that you joined the I I think you said it was a Chinese organization. What was it? Oh yeah.
1: It's Asian Business League. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's wonderful that they have that because we have to be with other like minded people to really to really feel good about ourselves. Number six, leverage what you know. This is something that I I've always known my whole life that you can make money with what you already know. You don't have to go back to school, but going back to you, Cindy, we do need to learn the tools. Here's, here's what I also loved about you. Number seven, always be a student. You said you were a seminar junkie. That's because you're a student. You'll always be learning until the day you die. Number eight, never give up. Now that sounds easier than Mm. you know, to just say that never give up, but I, I know people that have given up and guess what? They're not with us now because they just gave up on life. Number nine, etiquette is about how you make people feel. I think that is just my favorite thing of the whole thing. Number 10, four words on how to really, I, I think this is what you said, Cindy, how these four words are how to be a top-notch business professional. Is that correct? With the protocol, etiquette, manners, and civility? Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was really, that was an eye opener for me. Number 11 and 12 and 13, I have to tell you, I just did an interview with somebody and she said to me, Patricia, how do you get unstuck or do you ever get stuck? And I said, are you kidding? I get stuck every day. And so I had to learn how to get unstuck. And Cindy, you said the same thing I just said to her Mm. about getting unstuck. And here it is. 11 is utilize a brain dump. Now, of course, I didn't know what that was until maybe five years ago. Somebody was talking about it at one of my organizations. And she said, you just put everything down on a piece of paper, get it out of your Mm -hmm. head, and you'll feel lighter. And she's right. So I just did a brain dump mm, three days ago, just put Mm -hmm. everything down on paper, nailed it to my board. and, And now I look at it every day and start scratching it out. So I love that. Number 12, calendar everything. Mm-hmm. Calendaring is probably one of my favorite things to do because if you calendar things, you get them done. You get mm-hmm. more done. <clears throat> and then number 13, always have a plan. And so it, it's so funny that you said those three things. I was just just almost <laughs> clapping going,
1: Oh, good. Oh, good. I just, she feels <laughs> wow, just like and I me. I didn't even listen to that. Other, whatever podcast you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. No, no, no. It wasn't a podcast. It was just some oh. little interview that this girl was doing for a newspaper article. Oh. And she, uh, when she was asking me that, she said, I can't tell you how many people don't know how to get unstuck. And I said, I didn't either, but now I came up with a plan that works for me. And then when you said it, I'm like, Hey Cindy you should write a book about this because people are stuck and they need to know how to get to that next step and you just told them with with number 10 11 and 12 so i mean 11 12 and 13 so i thank you for that Cindy and i can't tell yeah. you how enjoyable this what this podcast was for me i'm sure people that are listening are kind of lightening up about what etiquette means what protocol means what manners mean, what civility means, just through you and all the work that you're doing. So I can't wait to have you on again, Cindy.
1: Well, my pleasure. And one other thing I will share is the fact that everything you were repeating as the little lessons that you came away, I almost could attach to a coach or a seminar or book that I've read. Mm-hmm. And it's back to that idea of constantly learning. Yes. But beyond that, as you know, coaches such as yourself are invaluable. That we we all should be engaging ourselves and finding a coach to help you along the way. And I've had several throughout the years, some better than others. And that's just the way it is because all coaches have something to offer. It's whether it's right for you, and mm-hmm. you know I can't can't say enough that they've they've really helped me. Yeah, in most things.
0: <laughs> I agree. Also, Cindy. And one thing before we leave, I do want because your name is spelled so differently. I want you to spell your name, Cindy Seed, for everybody.
1: Yes, it is S like Sam, Y, N like Nancy. Diaz and David, I like indigo. It's actually the beginning of the word syndicate, oh. which I created the, the name legally I'm Cynthia, but I created the name in the fifth grade when one of my other girlfriends who's Cynthia she started spelling her name, nickname Cindy differently. And there were three of us, so naturally the two of us had, had to be different too. We couldn't mm-hmm. be ordinary anymore. Mm-hmm. So I came up with uh, Cindy because my last name of S like Sam, E-I-D like David, Seed, is, starts with an S as well. So I liked Laverne and Shirley and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I spell my name. Thank
0: you. Thank you for that. Well, everybody, all I can tell you is be like Cindy. Don't be ordinary. (laughs) Go out there, keep learning because it'll keep you young. I promise you that. So until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noldrain. Thank you, Cindy Seed, for such a wonderful podcast
1: today. This was fun. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, Maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one of course goes right back to this podcast what's my calling what's my purpose and that's why i created the digital downloadable course yourgiftisyourniche.com i already mentioned it earlier in the episode but finally i came up with another problem that i can solve and it's how to live a happy long-lived lasting marriage now i created a book called the chosen few and i share a hundred tips that myself and others other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it, because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group, it's free. I'd like you to come onto it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called (coughs) When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drake.